Hi, I'm Naomi Murphy and this is the Locked Up Living podcast where we talk with a wide range of people about harsh aspects of institutional life. We also explore some of the ways to overcome them and to grow and develop. I'm David Jones. So join us every Wednesday morning, six o'clock UK time for a fresh podcast. So today we're really delighted to welcome along Claire Bicknell, who runs a successful business network, the Katina Network, after a, a long um, career doing various other um, forms of work that I'm sure we'll get to hear about. But really delighted to have you along here today, Claire. Welcome. Oh, thank you, Naomi. And thank you so much for inviting me. I'm, I'm very flattered. Hi, Claire. Thanks very much indeed for meeting up with us uh, today it's really good to meet you thank you so we've asked you along to talk about the value of networking is it an art or a science oh what a good question um i think do you know it can be overthought um i just view networking and and actually i try to distance myself from from networking because i do feel that sometimes it has a bit of a let's say a jaundiced reputation as, as being very salesy. So getting back to your question, the way I view it is networking is a way of making business friends. So if you look at how you make your friends, um, and whenever I've done so-called networking training, um, sometimes with university students, I'll suggest that they look back to their freshers week of course if they can remember it um but if they remember that that first time when they were joining the university went to the first event full of anticipation and excitement as to who they were going to meet and they were they were full of confidence maybe a little bit of apprehension but were quite happy to go up to somebody and say, hi, my name is, what are you studying? Where are you living? What are your holes? Where have you come from? And actually the same approach could work for, for networking. It's just being really open. Um, again, my, my feeling is that people in business will buy from people that they like. So make yourself likable. To, to the people you're talking to and um, you're setting yourself off on a, on a good path. So whether that's an art, a science or common sense or good behaviour, I don't know, but that, that would be what I would suggest. Well, yes, well, I think maybe there's a bit more to it that you're going to tell us, I think, because what you're describing actually could could be the kind of networking that we used to be familiar with when people met up on the golf course or in the club, not that I've got a club, um, because they liked each other, in inverted commons, or at least they had something in common. Uh, There must uh, be more to it than that. Absolutely, but I think that establishes the credibility in itself. And it's interesting that you you pick up on on the golf analogy because um, I've often thought that yeah it is it is a great place to to get to know somebody and spend some time with because you are in their company for at least four hours. My husband plays golf, so believe me, I know this. Um, but so you you get that opportunity to talk about 
incidental stuff as well as in, important stuff. And I, I've always been aware that there is half your audience that you're not going to be talking to if you're playing golf because they don't play golf. So we have initiated a golfer non-golfer event to um, alleviate that, that situation where we partner a golfer with a non-golfer and get them to play over nine holes. The golfer will hit the ball to get it to the green. Non-golfer will put it in, maximum 10 shots. That's the theory. Um, but actually, it's it's a great deal of fun because these these people are sharing different parts of, of their world, their sport, their entertainment, their interest with someone who maybe has no idea of it. And it's it's all about, I guess, sharing a little bit of, of you and going back to the finding ways of making people like you is looking for areas of credibility or areas in common that, that you can relate to. So that is why I hear, I think, a, a lot of business people, particularly in, in women, will say, oh, yeah, I met them on the school run and then started talking about business. So it, it's looking for ways that give you that common experience and, and point of reference, I guess, that um, allows you to start first start speaking. So how did you discover you had a particular talent for this? Um, again, a funny question, because I have, through varying circumstances, had a number of jobs in a number of geographic locations. And again, I've was asked to share some of this with some university students. And I think I'd listed every single job that I'd had since leaving school to current point of time. And before I started speaking, one of the students said, why have you got so many jobs? And it's a very valid point because there was some point in time where people would look at my CV and look at me and say, can you not hold down a job? Um, but now people will look and see that some of the places that I've worked, the organisations that I've worked, the roles that I've held and said, that's brilliant experience. We would want and value that. So different perceptions in how the, the workplace has, has changed. So I've moved from London to the northwest and then back to the, the East Midlands in a number of roles. I've worked in shipping, I've worked in pharmaceuticals, I've worked in manufacturing, I've worked in law, I've worked in accountancy um, and probably other, other things as well, um, which has led me to work and meet with some very lovely people. And with the, the advent of LinkedIn or my discovery of LinkedIn, I was able then to reconnect with some of these people that I'd worked with. Um, particularly when I was working in professional services, other people saw this and said, oh, you've worked at Unilever. Could you introduce me to a particular person? Sometimes I was able to, sometimes I wasn't. But this became of value to our clients. And many, many years ago, I had had this idea that actually within a professional services firm you work with a lot of businesses and my thought was why can we not connect all our clients together because we know they're all good people lovely people they, they do good work because we're looking after them um why could we not put them together 
and for varying reasons that the, the people in the professions um, sort of advised against it. But this was always in my head. And so when the time came that I thought this is this is an, an itch that I've just got to scratch now and, and do this thing that made me think this was what I wanted to do to find a route in which I could connect people that would be of use to each other. And sometimes where they didn't even know that they were they were looking for each other, which is why I describe a lot of what we do as um, business dating and business matchmaking. So is, are you now referring to your, uh, the Qatar, how do you pronounce it, Qatar? I, I say Catino, potato, potato, but uh, yeah, I say Catina, yes, from Latin um, chain or link, like to think that that's what, that's what it says on the tin. That's what we do. Right. So what's the mechanics behind that network then? It, it is a subscription network um, and we aim to take the work out of the networking, if you like, because a lot of people go to events to meet their prospective clients, largely because they're, they're looking to do um, make money out of these um, connections or a future supplier or a future referrer. Um, so we plan to be their wingman or third wheel in that um, endeavor. So that whilst they might be networking within their own town, city or region, we can look within our own little black books to see if there are other connections that would be useful for them or indeed our existing connections are looking for exactly like that person who's working in another town, city or region and being being that sort of link. So that's terribly interesting because uh, uh, I think I was always terrible at networking until the internet uh, came into being and then I discovered, well, actually you can contact anybody anywhere in the world and they can either reply to in which case you've got a connection or not in which case it was no big deal exactly and and i think that covid really played into our hands with that um by allowing us to to go online which had never really been in, encouraged or or thought of as being proper a, a proper way of doing business before you had to shake somebody's hand see the whites of their eyes um, but I think for a lot of people who, like yourself, sort of felt a bit reticent about going networking per se, uh, this put a little bit of distance between them. And and if it, it came to nothing, well, it, it didn't really matter because it was only my screen face that you didn't like, not actually me in the room. So I think people took it less personally. But with the COVID thing, it, it did give us an opportunity to create a different tribe, a, another network, a group of people who were able to support each other, talk. And I think that the, the pandemic of the many things that happened to it, I think it did show us um, the need that we have to interact with other people. Great. I think you put your finger on it there. So, I mean, some people still struggle, I think, with the whole idea of networking. What, what would you say to them to 
encourage them. Come to a Katina event um, because we don't. So there are various things about networking that I don't like. And this is why I'm trying to differentiate what we do and say that we do business connections as opposed to networking. So um, the 60 second pitch, only two people listen to that, the first person and the last person, because everybody else in between on that group that's going round is more concerned about what they're going to say than listening to what other people are saying. So we don't do that. We don't have name badges um, for two reasons. One, I hate having pinholes in, in my clothes and the lanyards make me feel like Paddington Bear. Um, so it's the, the onus is on the host, me or one of our regional directors, whoever holds our events, to act very much like it were a party or, or some other event that we are hosting and as a good host, we need to make sure that people are talking to each other, that they have enough food and drink and that I've gone and spoken to all of them. And in the terms of the business connections, is there anyone in particular that they are looking to meet? Um, and I can then facilitate that introduction. We would um, circulate the attendee list prior to each event so that people can, I won't say cherry pick, but make a beeline for who they want to speak to rather than having to work the room if they don't want to. There are some people that love doing that, but for the people that don't, we're very much there to help them look after them and, and be that business friend. Thank you. Naomi? Yeah, so uh, Claire, any of our listeners are clinicians or academics who are really well embedded within their career and I guess people might think that there's you know do they really need to network but you know can it be fruitful for people to think about networking more formally is really is really important yes when I, you don't need to do that for your career well, I guess many of them might think that they do need to do that for their career in meeting somebody who's um, an expert in another discipline that they, they want to talk to or something like that, or for another role that they may be looking for. But I would also say that people, clinicians, um, psychologists, any anyone who's involved with the, the healthcare sector would fully understand the the benefits of, of referral and having that great network of who is the best person to ask a question of who's an expert in, in their field. Um, so the wider your, your network, um, the more it can benefit you. And, you know, there are different types of businesses that will all have their, their networks for varying reasons and degrees sort of in the commercial side of things yes it is to buy and sell um but i i would suggest that in your your place you're looking for people who've got a um a particular specialism in in an area of of knowledge that you want to consult or or um refer somebody to or anything like that so i i don't think I'll go back to the friends analogy. You can never have too many friends, so maybe you can't have too many business connections. 
Yeah, as you were talking, I was just reminded that there was a post on LinkedIn, shared by LinkedIn this week, actually, where they'd researched where people are most likely to find their new job. And actually, it wasn't from people that really sort of solid connections in their network. It was from people that represented weak connections, um, which I thought was really interesting. And then also the idea of, you know, if we think about what are, what are some of the strengths of polymaths and people who have expertise in different areas, quite often it's because they're blending knowledge from different areas, isn't it? So maybe some of the most fruitful connections might be in networking. Yeah, it's, it's another means of um, collaboration. Oh, have I disappeared? I think you broke up a little bit there, but I would say there's there's that opportunity for collaboration, which is um, a huge benefit and an, another byproduct of of your network. Yeah. So, so Claire, what makes a good host for for facilitating better relationships in a business sense? Um. Again, I'd probably say I I'm a bit of a business Stepford wife, if, if you like, because I'm I'm there looking to see that people have got enough food and drink, um, which is a great place to, to meet people. When you come to a, a room, be it a conference or a smaller networking group or something like that, everybody's going to congregate around the, the coffee and, and, the, and the tea and other refreshments. Um, so that's a great place to start with talking to people so as a host i'd say make sure there are some nice refreshments um because again it's another talking point um and just looking at the people in the room is there anybody who's lost on their own looks as though they're trying to either join a group or or leave a group um and look to see if you can help if if there's anybody who's being talked at rather than with um, can I go and help uh, to either join the conversation, do a rescue, or perhaps introduce somebody else in? And as I said earlier, we, we do circulate our attendee list so that people can tell me if there are specific contacts that they want to make so that I can facilitate those, those introductions. So I'd say it's probably just like having a dinner party at home or, or a party that you have um, Weddings would be another thing where you do that seating plan to put people together that maybe haven't seen each other for ages. So just just really being aware of other people, I think. And, and conversely, how how does the person attending get the most out of the out of networking opportunities? What makes somebody a great guest at a networking events and make sure that they they do get they come away from a networking opportunity with a gain um that they do turn up when they say they're going to um which as an event organizer is is particularly stressful when you don't have people turn up um but come with an open mind and look at every person there as a potential benefit so if a if a competitor is there do they need to be a competitor is is there an area do you do absolutely everything that the other person does are there areas for referral 
Are there areas for collaboration potentially? Um, sometimes if somebody's conflicted on a, on a job, it's very easy to refer to someone in your, your same sector. And then of course, there's that referral currency back. So the, the potential there is, is great. Um, you might find potential employees as well as potential customers. Um, it's, it's being open to two opportunities. And we also like to put on events where there's great food. So at the very least, you're going to enjoy your meal or there's some kind of sport involved. And from the perspective of the events that we put on, particularly if sport is involved, we're pulling together people who would have an interest in that. So they've got that as that first point of contact to talk about. So they may never do business together, but they may know other people within their network that, that could be useful contacts. So that's why I'd say just go with an open mind um, because you might be surprised what you can come away with the potential. Thank you. And you've also you've already mentioned the role of the internet, but I guess digging into that, you know, social media has been a massive form of networking, hasn't it? How can people make social media work for them as a networking opportunity rather than see it? I would view let's let's take LinkedIn as as an example and the posts that you make um, do it in your tone of voice as if you were talking to people so that it's authentic because then if someone meets you in real life they feel that they they do know you um, which makes that connection process and growing that business relationship that much quicker easier to do um, and the content needs to, to be relevant and probably not too shouty, if, if you know what I mean. But sharing something that, that is of, of interest, perhaps with your own comment or question on it, that actually people really are going to want to respond because you see a lot of um, things that posts that end with a question and you think, this is just, you've put that in there as almost clickbait. Nobody is really interested in, in that or or your somebody else's opinion. You're just trying to put something across. So it's, it's another form of conversation, I think. Sort of invite, make it nice for, for, for people to engage with you. And I would genuinely say that a picture of an animal will get engagement how you can always manufacture that that conversation around a dog or something like that i don't know but um they do get the most engagement yeah i do wonder if that is that just britain or um where we're known as being a nation of animal lovers yeah possibly i i've um, i've yet to take on the rest of the world but but watch this space david were you wanting okay. to Yes, Claire, we're always very keen to know how the people we meet keep, keep themselves balanced and uh, well nourished. How do you do it for yourself and what kind of tip would you have for others? Gosh, that's really hard. Um, I, 
I guess you, you say nourish, I love food and drink. So sort of going out and about, that, that kind of thing, entertainment, downtime. But within that downtime, uh, do you know, sometimes I, I need a break from people um, because it's it's always full on. And when you're, you're trying to be nice to everybody, it's it's hard work at sometimes. This isn't going out live, is it? Nobody's going to see this bit. Um, but so I, I have dogs. I love dogs. Um, they don't answer back. They're always delighted to see you. Um, that that's and going for a walk with my dogs is an absolute joy and I very recently um, come to gardening um, and there is something very therapeutic about deadheading um, that you have to concentrate on the the right place to make the right cut that allows everything else to go out of your mind and I've recently this this year created a stumpery which, if you don't know, is like a rockery, but with lumps of wood as opposed to lumps of rock. And when I first started this in May, it looked as though somebody had just dumped a load of wood in our garden. Um, but now I've got bits of fern and heather and nice little plants growing in between these with a bird table sort of included with it as well. And actually, I see that from my kitchen window. And it's it's just... A bit of balance, I think, that um, gives you when when it's all going wrong and you think you can't control anything, um, you can go and do a bit of gardening, and that that's your your back in charge. And a, a bit of cutting back and um, shearing and things like that is remarkably therapeutic. Thank you. That's a great uh, answer. You. I really like the idea of a stumpery. Yeah, it's it's great, and it's it's a garden, a bit of garden that loves shade, although mine's in the sun. Yeah, it was lovely. Thanks very much, Claire. Oh, thank you both. It's been great talking.